It's time for the morning brief where we bring in one of our pundits for their take on the day's big stories. Lisa Raid is a former federal cabinet minister and joins us. Nice to have you. Happy Wednesday, Lisa. Thank you, John. Good to be here. Okay, we were talking about this a little earlier in the show, and it kind of, for me anyway, defies explanation how you can have a a sewage leak going into Lake Ontario since 1996 and nobody noticed. This happened in Hamilton. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? First of all, it shows you that decaying infrastructure is a problem in all municipalities. And and secondly, it tells you that bodies of water can hide a multitude of sins. And I guess in this case, it's been pumping in, as you said, since 1996, and nobody noticed. The good news is, I think, that there is tech that can be used in order to suck up a lot of it and in order to dispose of it properly, and hopefully they'll get it repaired. But it's one of those cases where inspections on underwater um, piping can, in fact, uh, not be done, and these are things you gotta you gotta have to watch for. It'd be interesting to see where the port of Hamilton is in all of this because they have an environmental responsibility there. Whether or not they knew of it, if there's any reports of floating debris, that kind of stuff. But good, they got it. Yeah, yeah. I have to think though that maybe the water is so awful there that uh, testing wouldn't have revealed this issue. Oh, it's it's quite awful. There's no yeah. question about it. I mean, <laughs> they've they've been doing a lot of remediation there. But I mean, I think the liberals and conservative federal governments put a lot of money into trying to do some cleaning up of some pretty hot areas already in Hal- in Hamilton Harbor. So this is another area, and it let let I'm glad there's attention to it, and they're getting it cleaned up. Okay, so I promised everybody when I was uh, mapping out this story that I was going to, you know, I was curious as to whether you had the same impression as I do. Uh, This is a school trustee who's launched an integrity investigation against John Tory because John Tory did some robocalls on Election Day during the municipal elections. And instead of saying, this is John Tory, he said, this is Mayor John Tory. And I suppose somewhere on paper that is an intricate violation of civic policy, but I can't get too worried worked up over it. Oh, I'm I'm not uh, look, the process is there, the process will be used. The mayor's office gave the best quote, which was we respect the integrity and we won't comment on it as the process goes through. I'm just a little surprised because I mean, you and I know John Tory well and you know, he's a pretty careful dude. And for something like this to happen where it goes out on on the date where he refers to himself as the mayor, uh, you know, it seems like a mistake. I can't imagine that there's any nefarious nothing nefarious to it, but let the process go. That's why it's there. Uh, Meanwhile, lots of drama yesterday at the convoy inquiry, which is not actually the convoy inquiry, the inquiry into the use of the Emergencies Act. Uh, So let's break it out. First of all, there was the lawyer for the convoy protesters who was kicked out. And I don't know a lot about this judge, but judges don't generally kick people out unless they're really ticked off. Yeah, I think there was a lot of interrupting and uh, frustrations running high. No question about it. There's a lot. of. We're in the last week. And I guess the lawyer wants to have more witnesses added. He's frustrated with he can't seem to get his his applications heard and he vents it on the judge. And, you know, you don't go after the judge. Meanwhile, uh, Marco Mendocino was uh, testifying yesterday and added to previous testimony from cabinet ministers about how uh, people in cabinet were genuinely worried about violence. They felt that police could not get on top of the convoy protests and the blockades at the border. Uh, They were getting intelligence reports about the possibility of an escalation of violence. So that's why they took the option. I, I appreciate and you having been a federal politician and a cabinet minister, you know this and you can probably speak to it. 
that all of these ministers are being very carefully prepared to offer testimony this week that's going to back the government up. Of course, of course. I find what's interesting, though, is in the unguarded moments, the interchanges of uh, texting and emails amongst one another, where they let that political lens slip through, where they're accusing each other of playing politics or they're noting the politics of it or they're showing their animosity amongst each other as political players come through in their decision making. I think that's all irrelevant to the person who's going to be writing the report at the end of the day. I don't think it's going to be about personalities. They're going to create the timeline and they're going to make a determination whether or not there's enough evidence to say that this was the national security test was met. And that's that's all that uh, that's all that the, the commission's going to be able to do. I will say, though, John, though, looking at this as a conservative, there's lots of stuff in there I can use to criticize the actions of the government. Looking at it as a liberal, I'm sure they have lots of reasons to point to to say, yes, they were completely justified. So it's kind of like pick your adventure in the in the information that's coming out. The timeline will be important. And then the final decision will uh, will, of course, come. But, you know, I'm hoping that people use this as a way to figure out how do we make the situation so that we never have to use this act again and how do Mm -hmm. we make sure that we're ready for the big national security threat because this wasn't i would say catastrophic in in terms of we're questioning whether or not there's a national security threat here and i mean there's going to be one that may come along where there's no question it is and i hope that the people in power look at what happened and manage themselves accordingly and, and treat it in a way so that politics is put to the side in their interactions with one another. Speaking of liberal versus conservative, I realize, again, everybody's posturing here, uh, but Pierre Polyev, leader of the conservatives, made a video where he makes sad faces in front of a tent city and talks about Canada's failed drug policy. Uh, but then another minister, a liberal government minister, goes after him, insisting that he saying or claiming that things like needle exchange programs don't work is actually wrong. And looks like we've got a point of policy that the two parties are going to slug it out on. Um, You know, the government's going to have to show that they've made progress on the the issue of of drug poisoning and and what's happening in Canadian cities. And the opposition's going to poke holes and say, you've really done nothing about it and, and what you're doing isn't working. So let's try something different and the public will decide. Um, and then, of course, we've got soccer. Our men's team is taking to the field yeah. this afternoon at 2. Are you going to be watching? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it'll be on in the background while I work, but yeah. go Canada. I'm so excited. These guys are so young. Oh, my gosh. Like, there's so much promise, and, I, I, and I'm very Canadian when I say love to win, but I'm just proud that they're there. I'm, I, you know, I want to watch them play, and I hope they do well. Okay, one last thing. Do you want to go to bat for this 13-year-old Wyatt Sharp, who's very upset because apparently he interviews people? I know he's been on the Jerry Agar show a few times. Uh, He likes interviewing politicians, and he's a little ticked off that the education minister, Stephen Lecce, won't give him an interview. Yeah, you know, one of the things about being a journalist, I would say, Wyatt, is the fact that there are interviews you're just simply not going to get. And that (laughs) that is a truism. And you can ask lots of journalists about who they can't get an interview with and this may be the one that he can't get i've been interviewed by wyatt um but it is part of part of the uh part of the craft i suppose okay was he a good interviewer for you sure sure i mean (laughs) it's it's you know it's it's interesting being interviewed by somebody who has that different perspective he's young and it was very slick you know we did it on camera very slick um but you just don't get to talk to everybody you want to talk to lisa wright thanks so much what a pleasure 
always, John. Thank you. Have a great day.